0: That's 888 898 2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk.
1: Good evening, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Another beautiful day here in South Carolina. Hope you enjoyed it. And we're so happy to have you with us here on this Tuesday night. Phone lines will be open for you 888 898 2525. Love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, share your comments. Share your observations. Phil Blute Pat Daniel here in Columbia. Chris Bergen join us from the Berge Palace over in the PD. That number again, 888 898 Go ahead and dial us up. Get in line. We'll get to your phone calls. Of course, plenty to do tonight, including college basketball. South Carolina at home tonight against Vanderbilt. The Gamecocks have not had a winning streak Uh, this season in a long, long time. And they've got a chance to put together uh, back-to-back victories after defeating Ole Miss on the road on Saturday. And now they get Vanderbilt at home, a winnable game for the Gamecocks. In fact, this one and the one on the road at LSU, you could also say very winnable for the Gamecocks. So they could put a little winning streak together before they have to face Alabama and Tennessee uh, back-to-back and then finish out the regular season with Mississippi State and Georgia. So chance to improve the record a little bit. The Gamecocks are 9-16, 2-10 in the SEC. Vandy comes in off a great win for them. They're 13-12 and and 6-6. and I'd have to say it's been a disappointing season for Jerry Stackhouse and company. He got a new contract prior to the season. Uh, optimism was high going into the season about this Vanderbilt team, the thought that they could maybe be a real contender in the SEC this year, but it just hasn't been the case for them. Still, they have some they have some talent and they have some size, and they are coming in on a three-game winning streak with wins over Ole Miss and uh, Tennessee, and uh, then they won at Florida. So the Tennessee game was a couple of games back when they won at the buzzer. Then they beat uh, Florida. Uh, on Saturday, 88-80 to 80, down in Gainesville. So it's a Vanderbilt team that's kind of uh, found itself again and uh, coming in with a good bit of, uh, of confidence, no doubt. But South Carolina got some confidence going for themselves now coming off a road win against Ole Miss. We'll see what the lineup is going to be tonight from uh, Lamont Paris as he continue to bring G.G. Jackson off the bench. Or does he go back and put him in the starting lineup? Uh, Chris Deering is there covering for us tonight and for our website, sportstalksc.com, and on Twitter at sportstalksc. So follow along with him his coverage of the game tonight from over at the Colonial Life Arena. Uh, Chris, here's the Gamecocks. They haven't had a great year, but they've got a chance to uh, make a little noise here for their own sake. They're not going to shake up the SEC or anything like that, but they've got a chance to put um, a couple of wins together here before they face the two monsters of the SEC in Alabama and Tennessee. So this is something you got to take advantage of if you're the Gamecocks.
2: If I were the basketball staff in South Carolina, I would have told Vanderbilt, by the way, guys, you bring your white uniforms, you're going to be the designated home team. Mm. You know, South Carolina has not won a home game this calendar year. <laughs> I get that both because of, both for of the longest the time road. they never they yeah.
1: never had the lead at home.
2: Yeah, they're both of their with their last win was Eastern Michigan right before the uh, right before the new year. But here's one that's a winnable game for them if Josh Gray can somehow figure out a way to stay with Liam Robbins. I think that's the key matchup. You'll remember that first meeting between the two in Nashville back early in the season. Uh, that was the ridiculous game where Vandy scored what sixty plus points off the bench. And Robbins had 22 and Manion had 24. I mean, they've they've obviously, I would think, probably can't rely that that heavily on their bench. But Liam Robbins is the key to them. If he comes out that seven-footer and plays as well as he did against South Carolina, Josh Gray has got to answer. And then you've got to get something from Gigi, uh, Gigi Jackson, don't you? I mean, you, you can't rely on beating a team. Uh, as talented, even though Vandy hasn't played as well as everybody thought they would, you you can't rely on beating teams in the middle to upper echelon of the SEC if you're not getting anything from your stars. And so Gigi's got to turn around and have a much, much better game than he had, certainly this past one, even though they won at Ole Miss.
1: Agreed, agreed. And, you know, where is his head now? Where is his head? Where is his heart? And more importantly, you know, what is Lamont Paris thinking about things related to Gigi Jackson? At this particular time. Then again, in in his, uh, well, he did have a really good game off the bench when they uh, mm-hmm. played uh, on the road. and He scored uh, 23 out at Missouri. He had a really good game yep. off the bench there. But, uh, you know, when when a door uh, closes on somebody, it opens for somebody else, and Jacoby Wright has stepped up. And, uh, and Hayden Brown has also been very good here of late. But Jacoby Wright, down at uh, Ole Miss, had a career-high 17 points. And um, he's he's really uh, played good basketball, and he's given them a little bit more of an outside shooting threat than he was earlier in the year. And then Hayden Brown uh, really liked the effort and intensity that he continues to play with. He's very, very selfless. Uh, he's all about you know, trying to do everything he can to help the Gamecocks uh, win a basketball game. Uh, And and he has he has played well here. And of course, you mentioned Josh Gray, probably uh, if he continues down the road he's on right now, you'd have to consider him to be truly uh, one of the surprises in the SEC this year. I don't know if they give a comeback player of the year award or surprise player of the year award, but he would certainly uh, be one of those under consideration for that based on how he's played.
2: He's been terrific the last several ball games, and he's going to have, obviously, his biggest challenge, I think, tonight. I don't know how Lamont Paris is going to work his defense, but you would think you've got to put him on Leon Robinson, at least try and give some muscle inside and move him off the block. Uh, He got too many easy, easy baskets in that that win over South Carolina earlier in the year in Nashville, got to the line too often, got to stay out of foul trouble against him, and Josh has got to continue to play well. But you talk about Hayden Brown. Isn't he the prototypical Citadel kid? I mean, when you you expect to get somebody out of the Citadel, whether you hire him into the professional ranks in a business world sense or you bring him on to your basketball team, Hayden Brown is what you expect. A kid who doesn't care about the numbers, he's just going to go out and play hard. As long as you leave him out there, he's got one, one speed and that's full all-out, all-the-time effort. I, I love the way he plays. I love the way he played at Citadel. I got to watch him a couple of times down there and, and certainly have liked how he's assimilated into South Carolina. He's one of those unsung heroes that nobody ever talks about, but I'm not sure the Gamecocks even win the two games they have uh, thus far without the effort he gives them in SEC play.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brown led them in scoring in the win at oh Miss. Mm-hmm. He had 18 points. Jackson led in the previous game. Uh, with 23. And, you know, um, they need uh, Jackson to uh, contribute uh, in, a, in a big way. I should say, uh, yeah, Jackson led him with 23. And then the game against Arkansas, uh, Gray and Johnson had 20 each. But, um, you know, they, they need Jackson to fill that hole. They don't need him to provide a very little offensive spark and not be involved in the offense. Uh, he's got to get, when, he, when he's on the court, you know, he's got to stay active. He has got to uh, put himself in position to to get his good looks from the outside, which is his preferred shooting range. He's not much of a guy for going inside, and he still leads the team in scoring. So you can't have your leading scorer just sort of uh, you know, lollygagging out there, and he's still averaging about 32 minutes a game. He's averaging about 17 points and getting you about uh, six uh, rebounds per game, uh, shooting under 40% from the floor. So um, – they need to get him more involved, and we'll see where things are with him uh, going into this game. If he gives them their typical game and these other guys contribute uh, the way they've been contributing, then this is a game South Carolina can certainly win at home. Remember, mm-hmm. they played Vandy a very close game uh, earlier in the year at Vanderbilt. Uh, in fact, I think that game went into overtime. So, it did. Certainly a game that South Carolina feels like they can win. Uh, it's a tight series. Vanderbilt leads it 33-31 and as i mentioned vanderbilt won the first game of the year between the two so the gamecocks uh, get a chance for a little bit of a um, of a of a pay a little payback tonight because the gamecocks had won the uh, previous two games against the commodores so this should be if you're looking for entertaining well don't know how entertaining it'll be but if you're looking for a competitive game and what should be a hard fought game i think you'll get that tonight Uh, between the two teams over at the uh, Colonial Life Arena. So uh, Chris will be over there for that. We'll check in with him at halftime. We'll keep you up to date on it as well. Uh, Kerry Tharp uh, returns to Sports Talk tonight, the president of Darlington Raceway, as we turn our attention more to the NASCAR season now, which cranks up for real on uh, Sunday at Daytona. Of course, we had the clash a couple of weeks ago, but now it's time to get down to the serious business of the regular season season with Daytona starting things off. Darlington will be here before you know it. You know, this is uh, Man Guilt Day, also known as Valentine's Day. So <laughs> February is flying by. March and April. We'll be we're roughly 75 days away from Darlington.
2: Like how you mix that in. is somewhat fitting since it's about to be the 75th anniversary of NASCAR racing.
1: Oh, there you this go. Sometimes well. so, I say so things I don't realize how smart I am.
2: Yeah, and you you misspoke. You you meant the bush like cl- uh, not clash. You meant the bush like crash. Yeah, that's how that thing played out in yeah. the Coliseum a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, yeah, this weekend ought to be a lot of fun down in Daytona. It always is.
1: Yeah. Well, you look. Know, it's it's going to be intriguing because um, you got a lot of new names with new teams, uh, veteran drivers uh, with unfamiliar numbers. You better buy yourself a program and a roster to be able to keep up with everybody and and where they are now. So. We'll catch up with KT. We've got some uh, pointed questions for him about NASCAR going into this season that he can answer and also, of course, talk about what's happening at Darlington. Uh, They've got a lot of stuff going on. They've got a drive on the track coming up. They've got a Daytona watch party uh, coming up. Uh, You can purchase seats that they'll be uh, removing from uh, one of the grandstands as they're doing some work there. They're going to be putting those seats on sale. You want a souvenir seat. Uh, you, you can you can get that. Uh, KT will fill you in on all of that coming up uh, tonight when he joins us at around uh, 7.30. All right, phone number, 888 Shall we just go ahead and jump to some phone calls here early on, Pat? If we can do that, why don't we do that? I think that makes sense to go ahead and do that. So why don't we do that? It is, yeah, I know it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I mean, I do refer to it as Man Guilt Day. And I don't say that by just um, – Uh, by just uh, uh, not not doing (laughs) my due diligence, okay? I mean, I get it. I'm as guilty as the next guy. That's why I call it man guilt day, because you feel guilty if you don't do what you're supposed to do on Valentine's Day. So I took care of my business. I did the right thing. But it is man guilt day. I mean, don't you care about your significant other uh, every day of the year, and it's extra, you know, it, it's a special day every day that you get to spend time together. You got to have point. this one day of the year where you got to do something more that you haven't already done. It's a Hallmark done.
2: holiday, Phil. You know this. That's, that's what these are. Well, and it. if you listen to Eric Bakich earlier today, I felt like it was Christmas time. He says he feels like it's three days away from Christmas. He's so excited to see the kids come out and unwrap the presents, Mm -hmm. his analogy being the uh, baseball team run out on the field Friday. So maybe if you're not into man guilt day, you can Mm -hmm. rewind and go to Christmas with the baseball season about to start on Friday.
1: Yeah, we'll hear from Eric Backage, the first-year Clemson baseball coach, as he met with the media today to talk about uh, his team for the coming season. Uh, Mark Kingston, USC's coach, is going to meet with the media on Thursday afternoon to preview the season. He did announce today the uh, starting rotation. Baggish did not announce a starting rotation for this weekend against uh, is it Binghamton, I think they're playing. Yes. But we do have that from uh, South Carolina's head coach, Mark Kingston. He announced that his starting three will be Will Sanders, Noah Hall, and Jack Mahoney. They love Mahoney. He's totally healthy. Uh, he's throwing mid-upper 90s. Uh, Sanders and Hall both proven And, um, boy, i tell you what, that's a pretty strong threesome. Yes. They hold it together health-wise, create some offense, uh, and get some good work out of the bullpen. They're going to be fine uh, from that standpoint. Uh, Speaking of baseball, the SEC today announced they are implementing new speed-up rules for conference games starting this season, 30 seconds between batters. That's the clock, the 30-second between batters clock. So basically, without going into all the details, but once a play is completed in the field and the umpire sets the game back in motion, you've got 30 seconds to get into the box and get set. Uh, A mound visit clock, 30 seconds. If you're the coach coming out of the dugout, once you hit the the grass, the clock starts, you've got 30 seconds to go visit the mound. Same thing if you come (laughs) in from the infield. That's going to be a quick mound visit.
2: Yes, uh, it is. And I can't, I can't believe they're going to enforce that, Phil. I'm going to love to see the first coach. The umpire has to come out and toss because mm. his mound visit went over 30 seconds. And they, What do you think the leeway is going to be? I don't know. You get 45.
1: A pitching change clock. You got two and a half minutes to change pitchers and get them warmed up and ready to go. Also, a 10-run rule after seven innings now will be part of conference <laughs> baseball games. And... You can do that in your non-conference games as long as it's agreed to prior to the game. And the SEC is waiving the Sunday curfew rule for a delayed game if the visiting team doesn't have classes on Monday. But you can't start a game any later than 10 p.m. So if you're playing a team, they don't have classes on Monday, there's a rain delay on that Sunday, instead of there being a curfew, like the team, the game has to end by four o'clock because the team has to travel. Mm-hmm. If they don't have classes, there's no need for the curfew, and you can wait it out. But you can't start a game after ten o'clock Eastern time. Okay, so chew on that. Let's go to the phones for a little bit. 888-898-2525. nine eight two five two five. Let's go to Gamecock Larry in Swansea up first tonight here on Sports Talk. Welcome in, sir. How are you?
3: I'm doing just doing okay, sir. Uh, I was kind of down in the dump yesterday, my daughter and surgeon all that. But I heard some guy. I don't. I think I heard him right. I don't know whether he was talking about me or whether he was talking to me. Both. Or what he was talking about. But some guy. I think his name was John. Ron. And he said something about he thought Gene Color might wear skirts or something. He did. I think that's what he said. Well, you tell that gentleman, if he got something to say to me or say about me, ask you for my phone number. I'm giving you permission to give it to him and have him call me. And if he has to, he can call me collect.
1: (laughs) Now, Now, I cannot encourage violent behavior on this show. I I cannot encourage violent behavior. I will not be a party to viol- This is a show of love and peace, especially here yes, on, especially here on Man Guilt Day. Did you get your girlfriend oh, or your wife a little something for Valentine's Day? Yes, sir. I got my
3: eighty-seven-year-old lady friend a beautiful box of candy and a Valentine. That'll boy. Oh,
1: that boy well, thats touching. I, that uh, is touching.
3: But, but I got one other thing I want to say. Uh, uh, Georgia, the two former, last two former football head coaches at South Carolina is now the offensive and defensive coordinators of Kirby Smart's Bulldogs. I told you a couple of years ago, Georgia was gonna go down and they are on the way down. Oh Kirby Smart's getting scared. There's a new surf in the SEC. Look out, Kirby. Look out. Uh, oh Must, must Look out, Bobo. You skipped out on us, I'm glad you did. Don't let the door hit you with a good last you Go game, cuz I tell you what, I feel good today. Yes, sir, Kirby is on the way. Kirby's smart. You ain't too smart. You got two former South Carolina Gamecock head coaches running your football team. Lord have mercy. I'll be so glad. I hope I'm around when next
1: year get here. Love all y'all. Talk to you later. Go Gamecock. All right. 87-year-old Sweetheart.
2: Wow, that's incredible. He didn't that say it was really his cool. wife.
1: He said his 87 year old lady. So I don't know if it's the wife. That's or fine. Maybe he picked good up a for, girlfriend good for Gamecock Larry. Up down the road. Yeah, that's great. Uh, thank you, Larry. And yeah, Ron did say all those mean things about you. Uh, but we're not going to encourage any kind of no, fisticuffs or anything up. like that. But but he did, but I mean, Gamecock Larry kind of threw some things out there yesterday, too. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. But I think it was, Ron's point was more so that Gamecock Larry was talking so much about women's basketball. I don't think it was necessarily an attack personally on Gamecock Larry. It was more of an attack on women's basketball in general.
1: You think Clemson fans are jealous that the Gamecocks have the best women's basketball team in the country, the best women's basketball program in the country? Do they long for the days of Jim Davis and ACC championships in women's basketball?
2: Do they care about basketball in general? That may be a better question for Clemson no, we'll fans. We'll find I mean, out another night did. when they I play they Florida did a couple State. of weeks ago, but, boy, it has turned in a hurry. And, and as I mentioned last night, they've, they've got a sequence here in the next three games. Brad Brownell's got to get his team going. He's got to light a fire under those guys because they've got three winnable games that they have got to have.
1: No question. Let's go to Hank in Columbia. Next up here on Sports Talk on this Tuesday night, Hank, welcome in. How are you, sir?
4: I'm doing fine. Uh, Clemson fans, can go, they can go do what they want to do. Uh, um, I don't know if you saw the, that tweet I
1: sent you. Now, be careful, Hank, One because point- think about this. When Clemson puts its mind to it, I mean, look how good their softball team is. Better than the Gamecocks. <laughs> look how good their uh, women's soccer team is. Better than the Gamecocks. they got a women's lacrosse team that just scored 23 points or goals. Is it points or goals? Yeah, right,
4: we don't- yeah, but we don't we don't play lacrosse. Well, I'm
1: and, just saying, and, we, and they got rowing. They got handle- a women's rowing team. They got a, they're good. Be careful. Yeah,
4: Be careful. Yeah, but we've handled them in soccer, and, and if you think that women's basketball team is coming for us, um, we had another team come for us with a lot of rebuttal that strolled in here on Sunday mm. <laughs> as it arrived. <as> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, if, you, if you if you if you worry about it, look at that, uh, where I sent you. 1.5 million people were viewing that game. As two Sundays where over a million people were viewing, a lot of game logo on there, and that was football or uh, basketball or whatever. It was a lot of lot of publicity for that college mm-hmm. on there. And there were, there were, and if if you saw some of the the shots from inside the arena, there were NFL players in there at the game. There were there were football players from. Um, from the colleges, uh, but players coming from other games. Uh it was a it was a uh it was a big deal on Super Bowl Sunday.
1: <laughs> uh, no no question no question about buddy. it. No, no question just, about just
4: it. That on the
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, listen, I that that that's that was that was of course uh a huge matchup, two top three teams, uh, just like it was with UConn and it was heavily promoted. The USC women's basketball team, you know, they have a a national following, not just a regional following or a state following. They have a national following of those who love uh, women's college basketball. So, you know, kind of like the UCLA teams of the past, wouldn't you watch them or the North Carolina teams or the Duke teams when they were were great teams? You'd watch them because they have a national following. That's where these uh, USC ladies are now.
4: And one thing that they, they, don't, they don't mention much, corn. They, they've talked to a lot of teams and looked at a lot of teams across the country. And whenever Carolina goes on the road, that team goes on the road, all of these teams that they're playing, that's when they have their biggest draw of fans. Most of them are trying to build their program off of Carolina coming in there because um, they talked about their number of arenas where they've gone in and if they've been averaging 1,000, they'd get like six or 7,000 in there we were coming to see him, and that same thing happens up at Clemson. I was up at the game at Clemson, Got a whole bunch of Clemson fans in there, and they, and instead of waiting over on the side to get autographs from their own team, a whole bunch of them clumped over there, and we're getting autographs from the Carolina girls.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, again, it's – uh. <laughs> listen, the, the USC women's basketball team is royalty right now. It's royalty. And uh in the years I used to – when I'd cover North Carolina or Duke basketball teams – when Dean Smith was there, or Roy, uh, and of course when Shashevsky was at Duke, I marveled at everything they did. The way they ran on the court, the way their managers ran out on the floor to wipe up the sweat or to put the little chairs down for the players to sit on, the way the, the coaches walked, just the things that they did, because they were the best in the business. And so now, South Carolina women, they are clearly the best in the business, and you watch everything they do, and if you're smart, you kind of mimic everything they do on the court. So that's what she's built, and uh, there's no sign of a let-up, certainly not this year nor in the uh, in the coming seasons because the talent flow uh, continues heading into Columbia, South Carolina when it comes to women's basketball. All right, got to run, Hank. Enjoy the men's game tonight. I'm sure you're headed over there for that. I'll be tipping off here shortly. We'll keep you up to date. We'll continue with your phone calls as well. 888 We'll be back in a moment. Ah, we're getting ready for Ron versus Larry at some point in time. Good to be back with you as we continue on Sports Talk. They're underway over the Colonial Life Arena, and it's a scintillating start. Uh, three and a half minutes in, Vandy leads three to two. Vandy's one of seven. The Gamecocks are one of four. Gigi Jackson is not in the lineup for the Gamecocks to start. Wright, Carter, Johnson, Brown, and Gray the starters for the Gamecocks, and, of course, Jacoby Wright is the one who hit the shot for the Gamecocks. But, uh, you know, I'm going to just say it's great defense, Chris. Not poor shooting. It must be some great defense being played out there. We actually temporarily lost lost Chris Philman, but we had to,
5: we had some Internet issues here in the studio and rebooted everything, and so that, that booted our connection. We'll
0: have
1: him back with us momentarily. All right, well, I'll answer for him. You're right, Corn. You're exactly right. If Chris could talk on the air right now, that's exactly what he would say. I couldn't agree with you more. 150%. You nailed it. And now Vanderbilt is up 6-2 to two on the Gamecocks, about uh, four minutes in. Phone number, 888-898-2525. 888-898-2525. South Carolina, Education Lottery, lucky number, right here on Sports Talk. Let me update a couple things, then we will continue with your phone calls. Oh, I know what I want to mention to you. First of all, we've got the high school basketball playoffs coming up. So the final rankings before the playoffs announced today by the Basketball Coaches Association. So in 5A Boys Top Ten, Dorman, Conway, Lexington, Somerville, Goose Creek, Cane Bay, Burns, Hannah, Fort Mill, Rock Hill, Girls, Stratford, Malden, Lexington, Somerville, Spring Valley, Rock Hill, Sumter, Woodmont, Carolina Forest, T.L. Hannah, In the boys' top ten, 4A, North Augusta, Greenville, Lancaster, Wilson, Irmo, Catawba Ridge, James Island, Westside, Greer, and Wade Hampton. For the girls, North Augusta, South Point, Westwood, South Florence, Catawba Ridge, Pickens, Bluffton, Wade Hampton, Easley, Riverside. 3A boys, top 10. Crestwood is number one, followed by Orangeburg-Wilkinson, Wren, Manning, Loris, Clennon, Daniel, Travelers Rest, Union County and Lake City. Girls top 10, Camden, Southside, Lower Richland, Wren, Philip Simmons, Blue Ridge, Crestwood, Walhalla, O.W. and Emerald. To the 2As, boys, number one is Gray Collegiate, followed by Oceanside Collegiate, followed by Keenan. Landrum, Andrew Jackson, Woodland, Strom Thurmond, Wade Hampton, Saluda, and Central. For the girls, it's Keenan, Great Collegiate, Andrew Jackson, Silver Bluff, Timberland, Chesterfield, Oceanside Collegiate, Lee Central, Wade Hampton, and Bishop England. And the boys' top 10 in 1A is Christ Church's number one. Then Scotts Branch, Denmark, Oler, Great Falls, High Point Academy, Estill, Calhoun Falls, Whale Branch, North, and Baptist Hill. For the girls... Military Magnet, followed by Denmark Oler, High Point Academy, Lakeview, Carver's Bay, Calhoun Falls, Estill, Mackby, Christchurch, and Cross. Now, also today, the Coaches Association announced their All State teams. I'm not going to go through all those because that's uh, a lot of players, but I will give you the Players of the Year as announced by the Coaches Association in each of the categories. Your Players of the Year in 5A Boys. The player of the year is Yannick Smith of Somerville, 5A boys player of the year from the Coach Association, Yannick Smith of Somerville, 4A boys player of the year is Brandon Crawford from Irmo, 3A boys player of the year is Caleb Mills of Traveler's Rest, and 2A boys player of the year is Montravis White of Gray Collegiate, 1A player of the year for the boys, Jordan Butler from Christ Church. For the girls, 5A, player of the year, Elena Nettles, Kane Bay. 4A, Quinasia Abercrombie of Wade Hampton. 3A, Joyce Edwards of Camden. 2A, Malaysia Willie of Keenan. Or is that Wiley? I think it's Wiley. Malaysia Wiley of Keenan. And 1A, player of the year, co-players of the year, Cadera Beeson of High Point Academy, and Kalen Davis of Military Magnet. So congratulations to all of you. A little surprising maybe. I mean, 5A, you got Cam Scott, the most uh, talked-about player in the state from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, but he didn't get Player of the Year in 5A. That went to uh, Yannick Smith of Somerville. So there you go from the uh, Coaches Association, their Players of the Year. And Chris is now reconnected with us so it's now a nine to two Vanderbilt lead
2: five minutes in the Gamecocks a robust one for five from the floor and they've gotten some pretty good shots and just can't get them to fall and then Vanderbilt has decided we don't need Liam uh, Robbins we'll just shoot from the outside and knock down threes and he actually has one of the uh, three threes that they've made early so not the start you wanted at home and unfortunately it seems like that's always the way they start at home Maybe if change locker rooms, go into the ladies' locker room. Maybe the women's locker room has some mojo left over and come out of there because there's something haunting that team playing inside the CLA that they can't figure out right now. Uh,
1: Eleven to two, Vandy, uh, and and they haven't hit the media timeout yet. They- Plays yeah, actually, books. just came out. Oh, do they come actually out of just it? Came okay. out of the All right, fourteen twenty. But Vanderbilt has taken nine three pointers in less than six minutes. As they are, <laughs> they are lining up out there and just firing away. They're not lighting it up. They're only three of nine, but they are attempting a lot of three pointers. They're on an eleven zero run, and uh, I would think you know making them shoot three pointers is something that uh, would work in South Carolina's favor, but um, not so far. Still they got, got to score. They got to make some shots. And what they say it's a make or miss game, right? Mm-hmm. And those who make are the ones who uh, who normally win. Okay, um, recruiting is coming up in a little bit. Stay tuned for that. Right now we go back to your phone calls. And the phone number, 888-898-2525. As we go to, got to find my list, uh, Dan in Rock Hill. Is that right? Dan, is that you in Rock Hill? Welcome in.
6: Hey, uh, Phil, uh, I saw something interesting over the weekend that I just thought I'd mention to you. Okay. Uh the university had uh the, the University of North Carolina had a. it was either a field hockey or lacrosse women's team. Uh their coach had been with them for a long time and she recently retired and the athletic director at the University of North Carolina named a twenty two year old senior at the University of North Carolina who had been there of course her her, her whole five years and she was, you know, the a, a leading scorer and everything. And they said, well, we're going we're gonna to take the same step that, that Tennessee took a long time ago when, you know, women's basketball was not, was not relevant when they hired Pat Summitt. He said, well, we're going to hire this 22-year-old young lady to be our new women's field hockey head coach.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: When I saw that, I couldn't believe it. But... You know, look at the success North Carolina's had in all of their Olympic sports and uh, women's soccer, uh, field hockey, lacrosse. I mean, you can't. I mean, my goodness, they they've had a lot of success. Uh, and one more thing, I went to the Carolina basketball game Sunday, and I was outside, and I saw this lady, and she she had a uh, her daughter beside her. She must have been about. Goodness gracious, six five, six six, and I said, I uh, said, I said, young lady, are you a basketball player? She said, Yeah, we're we're here from uh, California. I said, Well, why do not y'all in there with with the rest of the, the recruits? She said, Well, uh, Carolina's had all these football players uh, getting seats, and, and, they, and they've got a lot of recruits, and uh, all of the all of the players' parents they got they got the real good seats down there. Around the court, and so we so we got we got relegated to 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 a lower lower level seat uh, to watch the game. I said, "Well, are y'all thinking about coming here?" She said, "Well, it's about 99% sure we're going to come here." I said, "Well, you know what they got sitting on the bench, don't you?" She said, "Well, we're well we're well aware of what uh, Don Staley uh, has and." We'd be willing you know to, uh, to uh, pay the price and uh, and you know and then do our time so she could play here. so mean I thought that was really interesting too, but uh, well, I did guess, you get
1: did you get a name?
6: <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, I mean, there were so many people outside and, and I was, it was just really I was just shooting the breeze Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I, sh- I, I, sh- I should have gotten her name. And uh, she said, "Well, you know, go to go to hoopgirls.com, and her and she's out there. Well, you go to hoopgirls.com, and my goodness, uh, the state of California, they got so many young ladies listed on their uh, site. And usually, the the uh, top ladies uh, basketball prospects, they uh, they end up going to Stanford. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I said, not y'all not going to Stanford?' She said, no, we want to do something different.'"
1: Was it Jordan Lee? Did she look like a six foot guard? She
6: ain't no guard. All she right. Was like six. She was another Camilla Cardoso. I mean, she was like six foot. Was,
1: was it Morgan Kelly? She's a well. She's six two guards. So you bigger than six two, huh?
6: Well, they had. I mean, they had the they had a lot of um, recruits uh, behind the Carolina bench uh, Sunday, along with a lot of uh, uh, the. Uh, a lot of the former players, i think they had like eight or nine former players
7: mm-hmm.
6: that uh that don't have that that don't had given the good seats to behind you know they they give the coaches so many wait, uh, wait, so wait, many timeout
1: time yeah, so time many good seats give me a timeout here give me a 30 second timeout you're telling me that this mother and daughter and she's a big time recruit came yeah. from california and they didn't give them a seat behind the bench. If it's somebody they're recruiting and they're a big time recruit, come on, somebody's somebody don't well, have that right.
6: They, they didn't have them. Like I said, if you if you look at the if you look at the game and behind the bench, it was it was full of uh, like J.C. Horn, uh, Bree Bill's boyfriend. He was he had one of those seats, and then they had a lot of a lot of other recruits and their parents, and then they had the football players. They they ran out of seats. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and, and 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 around the court down there, um, around the goal, they had, uh, uh, the the parents of, of of the players. I know I saw uh, Victoria Saxton's parents. They were down there, and, and a lot of other parents. I mean, I don't I don't know all those, these kids' parents. Uh, I mean, I just yeah. I just know Victoria Sa- Saxton's parents because I remember seeing her parents at the at the Final Four last year. And I and I remember her face, and, and I know she was down there because at the end of the game, I saw Victoria run over there, and uh, I you know, she hugged her mother. I'm yeah. just saying that there was a there was a lot of there was a lot of there was a lot of big time recruits there, former players, football players, uh, who 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 they had given I mean, they they just ran out of seats. That's that's yeah. that's, that's, that's all I can say. All I mean,
1: right, thank you, thank you very much. Uh. That's a good problem to have. Eighteen thousand seats; you don't have room for a stud prospect coming in from California. That's that's interesting. Um, but yeah, that's listen. If you don't if you don't get there and get your seats, you're not going to get a seat there for the women's games. Uh, keep in mind, you know, they do sell the downstairs seats, the lower bowl; those are all reserved. Upstairs, first come, first serve. Fifteen dollars a ticket. So that's general admission upstairs. I don't know if they'll change that in the future, but right now that's general admission. So those who get there early get the tickets, are the ones who get the seats. So
2: is that true for the men's games? They're just the no, no. Games all men's
1: games are reserve seats. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. They okay. probably should flip
2: that. Yeah, I would think so too. They, if you look at the crowd, at they the, should probably uh, men's stand out there and give away men's tickets. <laughs> there is hardly anybody in the seats. I, I get it, it's Tuesday evening, but still, mm-hmm. it's an embarrassingly bad crowd. Yeah, it looks kind of poor. I'm looking at it now. It looks mm-hmm. it
1: looks kind of poor. What can you do? Your Lamont Paris and of course there's no here's the other thing that's a killer about playing all these Tuesday night games when do high school players in South Carolina play high school basketball games
2: excellent
1: point I mean you know like this is this is not uh, I don't understand I got to find out why if we ever get a chance to talk to Lamont well, I could ask him tonight but I don't know if tonight's a good time to ask a question like that but at some point there's got to be a reason why they're playing I don't know if it's rotational within the league there's got to be a reason they're playing so many Tuesday night games
2: it's a really good point, though, Phil. I mean, you think back to football season and how critical we are of the ACC for playing games on Friday nights during the football season. Same thing here. Yeah, You play Tuesday night games or you have going, bumping up against your, your recruiting base. Maybe they figured now, well, we don't necessarily worry about the high schools because we don't recruit from them anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're more transfer portal at the collegiate level now anyway. So what difference does it make when we play?
1: Vanderbilt in 10 minutes has taken 17 threes. It's insane. 17 threes already. The Gamecocks (laughs) have taken nine. Vandy's made five. They're up 21 to 10. They're shooting 35% overall, but from three, they're shooting five of 18. Pat, what's that percentage? You're a math uh, genius. What's that? Five of 18 would be what percentage? It's 28%. Is that 28%? hmm okay i'm looking right at it <laughs> okay so you i was about to give you credit for quick thinking but you're reading that all right cheater oh we got to go to the break and then we will come back with more here on sports talk 888-898-2525 is our phone number uh other basketball tonight we'll be keeping an eye on you've got uh duke and notre dame in durham nc state up at syracuse Missouri and Auburn should be a heck of a game tonight over at Auburn. Also tonight, you've got LSU at Georgia. Boston College plays at Pitt. And that is the top of the basketball schedule for tonight around here. As we go to the break, it's 21-12 Vandy over the Gamecocks. Back in a moment.
8: Hope. Life and the Great Palmetto. What do these things have in common? Scholarship dollars. The SC Hope, the Life, and the Palmetto Fellow Scholarships are funded by the lottery players of this great state. And after 20 years, you've invested over $7 billion in education. $7 billion. Impressive. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. Founders Federal Credit Union knows your life is busy and your money is important. We are proud to offer local, personalized services and convenient online services like Founders Online and the Founders app. You'll love being with us as much as
1: we love serving you. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership with Founders. Relax. Win with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA.
9: Brian for Tsunami Bar Sports, our inventor, David Abernathy, has always said tsunami bar technology allows us to take the training to the grass. Now I know through my sport of golf that natural agility
2: can be converted to athletic ability.
0: And why is this, tsunami Robbie? transferring the training to the grass, this may be the most undervalued characteristic of the Tsunami Flexible Bar technology. The Tsunami Bar action loads and unloads at the concentric and eccentric transition points. This is what we call reversal forces, and the Tsunami Bar is the only bar and training device that I know of that can train these reversal forces adequately at speed.
1: Hey, this is Phil Kornblut. The Tsunami Bar is a terrific training device whether you're working on your fitness or your golf game. It's convenient, it's easy to use, and you won't feel beat up afterwards. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. All right, recruiting coming up after the top of the hour. We got some Blake Frank, uh, Blake Franks, Blake Franks sounds like a hot dog. Blake Franks news coming up for you after the top of the hour when we get into a recruiting. Kerry Tharp at uh, the bottom of the next hour. Twenty-one twelve Vanderbilt leading South Carolina. Carter leads the Gamecocks with eight, and uh, he is the only Gamecock with more than uh, two points. He's three of four and two of two from three for eight. Um, G.G. Jackson made a brief appearance. He was in there for four minutes. He took two shots at both three-pointers. He missed them both. He did grab a rebound. Um, The Gamecocks have only committed two fouls. Vandy has not been whistled for a foul through the first uh, 12 and a half minutes. How's that possible in today's basketball?
2: (laughs) 33-point attempts between the two.
1: Yeah, the Gamecocks are shooting three, 16 of them, and Mm -hmm. Vandy's shooting 21. Nobody's attacking the rim, that's for sure.
2: No, mm-hmm. exactly. And, uh, and Josh Gray's doing what they need him to do. He hasn't scored yet, but he's getting on the backboard. The problem is, of the misses that Vanderbilt has thrown up thus far, they've gotten uh, the rebounds. They've got eight offensive rebounds.
1: Already. This is a uh, a convention of bricklayers tonight.
2: <laughs> There's no doubt. Both it teams is are a bad
1: shooting 31%. So. All right, let's go back to the phones. Uh, by the way, College of Charleston uh, did win last night, big over Northeastern. So um, that is their twenty third twenty third win of the season. I think they're twenty three and three, something like that. Let's go to Andy in Columbia with us once again. Andy, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you?
8: I have electric in my kitchen, so I'm doing much better than yesterday.
1: Nice. You're able to cook uh, the uh, able to cook a Valentine's uh, night meal, huh? For your your, uh, your guilt your guilty man's complex.
8: Yeah right, um, couple of
1: things. You didn't seem too moved by that.
8: Regarding players, um, high school players at at the CLA watching games. I think it's better for Coach Paris not to have them there.
7: Remember
8: <laughs> the last time he had a bunch of players. He had Cam Scott at at the game against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You you really want to bring in Cam Scott when you're playing Tennessee? Who's recruiting him also? And getting your butt well, not necessarily
1: whacked. a bad thing because Nicholas Harbor visited South Carolina when they played Georgia in football.
8: Oh, oh please. It's, it's totally different. Totally different. No, I give that. you that. I give you that. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: um, Though I will now, say, I will say, uh, players there recruiting, and you'll hear me talk about one tonight in recruiting, they understand what they're going through because the coaches are telling them, you know, this is not going to be a good year record-wise, so don't pay attention to that. So they understand you know, what they're going through.
8: Yeah, but when you see it for yourself, it's a lot worse than hearing. it.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
8: no okay, doubt. Okay. Um, number number two, y'all have got, hitting a new low when we're starting to talk women's field hockey. Okay, I mean, please, fellas. Well, I'm cut just us a break.
1: just trying to cite Ron, that uh, when Clemson Ron, gets serious about something, they they get it done.
8: No, he was talking about women's field hockey at UNC. And Ron, number two. You're a USC fan. kind of sound like you were trying to get this girl not to come here. Do you realize what we have on the bench? Do you notice yes, of it? You're like chasing her away. That's not the way to bring her in. And one question for you regarding recruiting, Mr. Corn.
7: Mm-hmm. Uh,
8: I haven't heard you mention this lately, and I know you said that it was a possibility. Did Jeff Coat, the Jeffcoat, young man out of Irmo, has he signed with Arkansas, or is he still in the limbo of seeing if it's a possibility of coming to South Carolina?
1: I'm glad you brought that up because I did check, and the last check was last week, and I was told that uh, it it looks very unlikely now that anything's going to happen with South Carolina. He's waiting on the SEC to give him a waiver since he's transferring within the league, and I guess he's got to have some kind of a waiver as a result. So, which he probably will get. So he's even is
8: he a grad transfer? I think he is. a waiver to grad transfer.
1: Well, this is what I was told. I'm just telling you what I was told by a person who communicates with him. Um, so that's so, just what so I was told. So
8: Saqqan is out of, the, out of the picture.
1: Certainly looks that way now, yeah. That looks like a dead issue. Okay, because mm-hmm. okay,
8: I thought that was kind of the reason he was waiting to sign the papers was to see what happens with Saqqan.
1: Well, you don't so, sign papers, um, you know, when you're a transfer. Or whatever you do, yeah. or you go to
8: class, or you, you go,
1: to, go, yeah. go to attend class. Going to class thing, and that would... Make it official for him there at, at Arkansas. I think he's. What I was told he was waiting on a some kind of a waiver from the SEC. Look, I, I can't begin to tell you all the hoops you have to jump through today, when you're making a move like that. Who's got to give you a waiver? What's free, uh, clear and free and clear and all that? I'm just telling you what I was told.
8: Thank you, Mr. Corn. All right,
1: thank you much. Top of the hour break. Let's give a quick look at the basketball score: twenty-five, fourteen. Vanderbilt. We'll be back. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network.
1: Okay, back with you on Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network on this very busy Tuesday night, basketball going on all around us. Baseball cranking up on Friday for the Division I teams across the country. Just a couple of minutes. We'll hear comments from Eric Backich, Clemson's new baseball coach. He met with the media today to preview the upcoming season opening weekend. Did not name his starting rotation for that. But uh, I do believe the Ammons kid is probably going to be a starter on Friday. Is that your feeling?
2: Uh, listening to him talk today, Phil, He's if he doesn't start Friday, he'll definitely start Saturday. It sounds like he's going to definitely be in that rotation. They're just not sure when. They probably have a much better idea than uh, Coach Package was letting on today. Not that even giving Binghamton an idea as to what Clemson's going to throw at them, I'm not sure it would matter. But nonetheless, yeah, you know how coaches are. They like to. Uh, most of them. Now, Mark Kingston said, fine, here's what we're throwing out. You See if you can hit those guys. But I, I think he's got a pretty good idea that Ammons will be the uh, Friday night guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Phone number, 888-898-2525, South Carolina. Education lottery, lucky number here on Sports Talk. Got some lines open now for our hour number two. If you want to join us here on this uh, Man Guilt Day of 2023, some call it Valentine's Day. I call it Man Guilt Day for obvious reasons. I mean, if you are a, a man and you don't bring something home, you either feel guilty yourself or you are made to feel guilty. So I prefer to go ahead and just, you know, spring for it, drop a couple of uh, Benjamins and get it done and make everybody happy. Especially Hallmark. Especially Hallmark. <laughs> they can go make themselves another movie now at my expense, and your expense, and Pat's expense. So, anyway, I want to tell you that the South Carolina Education Lottery, since 2002, more than $4.2 billion in lottery proceeds have been used to fund scholarships and grants for South Carolina students Learn more about the South Carolina Education Lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash educationwins. And playing for fun is a win for education. Update a few other things here. Our poll question of the week has been very popular. Baseball season for D1 teams will begin across the country on Friday. Which Palmetto State team is most likely to make it to Omaha? Had only room for four in alphabetical order, Clemson, Coastal, College of Charleston, South Carolina. Could have put Wofford in there as well, considering the season they had last year. But those are the four I could squeeze in. 634 voters. 66.2% believe South Carolina has the best chance. 17.2% say Clemson, most likely. Coastal Carolina at 11%. College of Charleston is at 5.5% you got time to vote. It'll be up there for the rest of the week, so feel free to vote. Also, of course, we've got the South Carolina Football Coaches Association Clinic coming up this week in Myrtle Beach. We'll be there on Friday when the clinic actually gets underway. And coming out this week will be the announcement of the coaching staff for the Touchstone Energy Bowl North-South All-Star Game. And as I speak... We've got our eyes on the coaching staff. They have announced it as of today. So here you go. The coaching staff for the South team, the 2023 South coaching staff, will be headed up by Walt Wilson of Richland Northeast, Ronnie Baker from Lake City, Corey Crosby
2: of Bamberg Earhart. Yeah, you know Coach Baker? I did work with him for uh, several seasons when I was doing Lake City Panther football. Okay, so good for Ronnie.
1: Corey Crosby, Bamberg Earhart, uh, Scott Durham from Andrews, Jody Holdewanger from Chapin, Denny McDaniel from Stratford, and Timothy Wash, Timothy Wash, W A S H from Kane Bay. So congratulations to those folks for the North team. The head coach former Clemson offensive lineman Will Young head coach at Greer Will Young if my memory's right was the earliest of the early commitments ever for Clemson i think he committed i think he committed like on signing day of his june going into his junior year like he committed so early to clemson if my memory's right and i think his brother Kyle followed along those same lines with a very early commitment to Clemson. Uh, Will Young of Greer, Chris Arnott from Mid-Carolina, Willie Fox of Wagner-Sally, Jeff Fruister from Daniel, Justin Garner-Palmetto, Reggie Shaw from Burns. I think he pronounces it Reggie. Reggie Shaw from Burns and Bruce Dingler from Spring Valley. So those are your coaching staffs for the North and the South for the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives Bowl coming up in December. Congratulations to uh, everybody involved there. Looking forward to uh, working with you and seeing you at the beach on Friday and then, of course, working with you during the, uh, the game week when we're always down there to broadcast a game. Enjoy doing that. So uh, let's go back to your phone calls, 888-898-2525. As uh, we go to uh, where we're we going next here. We're going to go to um, Bruce out in Missouri. Bruce, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you?
9: Well, hey, Phil. Thank you for taking my call tonight. And um, I got a message for Gamecock Larry.
1: Gamecock Larry.
9: Good old Gamecock Larry. He's a nice guy sometimes.
1: I think he's a pretty nice guy.
9: But he wants to fight somebody uh, because of what they said in in a manner of just, you know, banner. They're not looking for a fight. But you sure don't want to get tied up with a bunch of tigers, and we, we're eating tiger. I mean, we eating gamecock meal hmm. uh, after they get through. We get through with him.
1: I think, I think, right. uh, I think Gamecock Larry's got kind of a short fuse, and I don't think what I'm to, he, he uh... needs to.
9: He needs to take it as a joke and mm-hmm. go along with it because that's all it is. It's mm-hmm. just banter back and forth. Yeah, friendly banter. I think we
1: should call it friendly banter.
9: Yeah, but, I mean, he, he gives it out to everybody, and, and, and he don't know how to take it. Anyway, hmm. last night, well, this morning, got a knock on the door about 2.30,
7: mm-hmm.
9: 2.30, and I live in an apartment, and it's a three-level apartment, and the lady above me knocked on the door. And I didn't know it. I, I, somebody just knocked on the door. And so I called her up to see if somebody's rumbling around outside in the complex because I had somebody knock on my door. She said, Well, go to the door. I said, I'm not going to the door. I, I don't know who's out there. She said, Go to the door. <laughs> I said, Okay. All right. So I went to the door and there was a package. She had left a, a, um, a bag full of goodies valentine stuff on my door
1: oh oh Ooh, now, wait a minute wait a whoa, two, whoa whoa
9: whoa
1: now you are are you Go a ahead. single are you a single individual yeah
9: oh. yes uh-huh. i'm a free
1: man all right now you know what okay. that means that she is she a single individual
9: well, wait a minute now oh now see i've been helping her
1: oh <laughs> a little uh, you know, back door action work. here okay i get it okay yeah mm-hmm. front door
9: front door front oh door.
1: front door okay
9: yeah it's all front door okay but anyway, I've been helping her, taking her around because she didn't have a car. And I got a van, you know, so I'm taking her around, not charging her for anything, helping her out. I help people out around here. I mean, you know, I got the car. You know, I can use it and take it, take people around. You know, I don't charge them anything just to be a, you know, helping hand. Sure. So she, <clears throat> I called her. I thought she might know if somebody's running around out there because she's right above me. And she, it was, it was her. And so we had a little discussion about me helping her and all this stuff. And, you know, that was a sweet thing. So I'm going to have to return the bag that she left me with the goodies in it. And I don't know what I'm going to put in there, but I think I'm going to put a bag of rice.
7: <laughs>
9: it's Something a man would do, you know. A bag of rice, you know, some lemons, something to eat, you know. A bag <laughs> got of a rice. Bit. I'm just playing like a male, you know. I got you. Just a joke. I'm trying to just figure to out where
1: of, this is. Where this is kind of a Christian. You, you, you got your hands on this one. You got
2: your brain around I'm, this one. I'm concerned, Bruce, that you might be sending a message you don't want to send if you're going to include a bag of rice. But I mean, you're sending it. You're
1: sending it back to her where she dropped off at you. You're sending well, it back.
9: I always to- kid around with her in the car. Uh huh. And she kind of likes that, you mm-hmm. know, because she's, you know. By herself, and she don't get to talk to nobody but her cats.
1: And how woman. how old is this uh, this lady?
9: Well, I'm six seventy years old. She's probably fifty. Oh. oh, going for the old. younger,
1: going for the younger crowd. I hear you.
9: Well, no, she's going for the older crowd. I'm not going for her. I'm just going to play the game.
1: You know what I'm saying? I got you. I got you.
9: But I just wanted to give a message to Gamecock Larry. We don't want to have you know chicken stew after the the tigers get a hold of him and uh he, he wants to fight everybody because he's a he's got that attitude like all game cards. They want to fight everybody, even themselves
7: about everything.
9: And so <laughs> so so well, he, right. he he got a hold of a tiger yet.
1: All yeah. right. Thank you very much. Uh, uh this is uh, Chris just wrote me a note. This is Valentine's at the old folks home tonight <laughs> on Sports Talk.
2: Isn't it I mean, we heard about uh, Bruce's uh, Mm -hmm. ventures in in love and then certainly heard about uh, Gamecock Larry's. Yeah, Gamecock Larry, uh,
1: he's sitting on an 87-year-old. I'm I'm, I'm
2: proud of that man. That is. Good for
1: him. Larry's got a lot of get-up-and-go to him, you know what I mean?
2: (laughs) Good for him.
1: Uh, We're going to get an update from the uh, arena in a moment from Chris Deering. But, my goodness, 38-18, Vandy over the Gamecocks. Here's the most amazing thing. Vandy took 28 three-pointers. They've hit seven. So, I mean, the percentage is not good, but it's good enough. The Gamecocks have actually taken, oh, no, 14 Mm three-pointers. Vandy has taken the same number of threes as the Gamecocks have taken total shots. Vandy took 40 shots in the first half. How many offensive boards did they get? Oh. They had 12 offensive rebounds and 14 second-chance points. I bet you there's a lot of long rebounds in that mix.
2: Well, and, and Chris will get into this, I'm sure, in a couple of moments, but USC had two stretches combined almost 11 minutes in which they didn't score. Wow! how good defense you're playing, it's not going to matter. And Michi Johnson just got shaken up on a screen from Liam Robbins Uh, Robbins on the final play of the first half when he hit one of those uh, seven made threes. So you may have lost Johnson for the game, too, as he uh, was down. They were checking on him as the teams were heading to the locker room. So as if it couldn't get any worse for USC, there's another potential injury on the floor. Well, let's,
1: let's go over to our man who is there. It's another Chris. From Chris Bergen to Chris Deering over the Colonial Life Arena where it was not a pretty first half for the Gamecocks. A game that we thought going in, Chris, the Gamecocks should match up pretty well with Vanderbilt and play him a really tight ball game, but uh, has not been the case from the get-go here.
5: No, it has not been the case, Phil. It was uh, an early 15 0 run by the Commodores to take control. That made it 15 too early on and Really and truly, the Gamecocks have never recovered from that. Um, they're getting dominated on the on the offensive glass. Um, been, they've been doubled up on rebounds at this point. Uh, it's just not been a very very pretty half for, for South Carolina. And I, I, I just tweeted this out right before the half. I've never seen a team go an entire half in college uh, basketball and not get called for a foul. But that just happened. The, wow, you The you're Commodores right. did not have a foul in the first <laughs> half.
1: That's amazing. It's now – is it because the Gamecocks just aren't attacking the basket? Were there any reasons for Vanderbilt to get called for a foul?
5: Yeah, they're not attacking the basket at all. Uh, 14 of their 28 shots have been three-pointers. They've only been able to knock down two of them, both of them by Chico Carter. Um, but they're not really attacking the basket when they're getting a the chance. And they only have, um, I think, two offensive rebounds at this point. And, and like I said, they're getting doubled up on the on the glass, 30, to, 30 mm. to 15 at this point. It's just not been again. I mean, I hate the I hate to even make this comment, but you almost have to say the effort has not been there tonight. The, the what you would expect again, like I said, coming in you thought the Gamecocks could give give Vanderbilt a, a game in this one, but that's not been the case. And it's a it's a twenty point lead at the half.
1: Yeah, considering they played so hard at Missouri and they went down and beat Ole Miss, and they're looking at a little stretch here: Ole Miss, Vandy, uh, LSU, certainly uh, winnable games on paper. But they're having a hard time with Robbins. He's got 13 points, five of seven. He's hit a couple of threes, a big guy shooting threes, five rebounds. What about Vanderbilt taking 28 three-pointers? I mean, did anybody see that kind of offensive approach going in?
5: No, I don't think I did. And, again, they're not attacking the basket either. Like you said, 28 of their 40 shots have been three-pointers. But they've been, like I said, getting second chances, second and third chances. They've only shot three, uh, four free throws in the half as well. Uh, so, South Carolina's only been called for five fouls. That's why we got a, a first half and finished in about, what was that, about 45 minutes. You don't hardly ever see that. And uh, that was a, that was one of the quicker first halves I've ever seen with only four free throws being shot.
1: Yeah. Okay, sir. Well, enjoy the second half, and uh, I'll see you after the ball game. Before you game. let
2: him go, Phil. Uh, Chris, quickly before we let you go, is yep. there an update on Michi Johnson who got hurt right before halftime?
5: Yeah, he, he he got up and went off on his own power, so I think he might be all right for the second half. But he did take a shot right there on that, that final shot by Robbins before the, he made the three-pointer. Um, but it looked like he was okay going off the court to me.
1: Chris, thank you very much. You remind everybody, you can follow along Chris's tweets from the game at Sports Talk SC, post-game coverage on our website, sportstalksc.com. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it.
5: All right, thank you. We'll
1: talk to you later. Thanks, thank Chris. you. Okay. Gamecock's getting hammered by Vanderbilt. Elsewhere, Duke and Notre Dame, and they're playing in Durham. It's 15-13, the Fighting Irish. And Mike Krzyzewski is at the game, the first game he's attended this year uh, at uh, Cameron Indoor as he has stayed away from the program. NC State, Syracuse, they are 10-10 up at the Big Dome up north, the uh, Carrier Dome. Which uh, now has air conditioning. All that times uh, sponsored by Carrier Air Conditioners. They had no air conditioning. They do have air conditioning now in that dome. Beautiful dome. The the work they've done to improve it there. Uh, Missouri and Auburn. Oh my, Auburn, nineteen to four in the first eight minutes Ooh. over Mizzou, playing uh, in the jungle over there in uh, at Auburn. Uh, coming off that loss they had at home to uh, Alabama over the weekend, so they've come back to, uh, hey, look, Auburn's a team that's pushing the 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 cut line as well for the NCAA tournament. And uh, that's it. That's it as far as games we've got going on right now. Speaking of that, uh, the tournament talk, uh, Andy Katz, who writes for the NCAA, but he's a college basketball expert. Uh, Andy Katz uh, put out his uh, new bracket today, uh, and he's got uh, Clemson in as an 11 seed playing in the first four. Uh, He has got uh, College of Charleston in there as well. College of Charleston is in as a 12 seed, and he's got Furman in there also as a 14 seed. So that's how he sees it as of tonight uh, going into the action this weekend. All right, we'll uh, hit a break here on Sports Talk. Come back and give you the recruiting report. Uh, Kerry Tharp at the bottom of the hour from Darlington. And comments from Clemson, up Clemson way. Eric Backich, Clemson baseball coach. We'll hear from him about the Tiger baseball team and how things look going into the season opener on Friday. Weather permitting. We're supposed to uh, get a bunch of rain, right, on Friday? Yeah, so everything will be weather permitting uh, going into Friday. We'll be back in a moment.
2: Life, It has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com.
0: Hi, this is Billy Downer from the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources. Are you looking for a safe place to shoot your rifle or handgun? Did you know that the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources operates four manned ranges across the state in Pickens County, Spartanburg County, Richland County, and Charleston County. For more information on our public ranges, visit dnr.sc.gov backslash shooting.
1: Listen. all right to the recruiting report we go and is brought to you by sea Whales. of course the very best in the catering business the folks at SeaWells, second to none when it comes to taking care of your special event at their location rosewood drive in columbia or they will come and set up at your venue and take care of your business. Their phone number is 803-771-7385, online at SeawellsCateringSC.com. Let Seawells help make your event a memorable experience. Don't forget the daily lunch and buffet every day, Monday through Friday. Tomorrow, once again, from 11 till 2, get out there and enjoy the best grub in town in the state of South Carolina right there at Seawells. All right, uh, Caleb Odom tied in out of Carrollton, Georgia, 6'5", 210. He's another tight end South Carolina covets in the 24 class, but a lot of people do as well. He's got 40 offers, and Shane Beamer and Jody Wright have been working him hard for South Carolina, uh, building that relationship. Uh, he uh, did not get in for a junior day. Uh, he was in for a game in October, and he's looking to get back to South Carolina here in the near future, he talks to the coaches quite a bit. They want him in uh, for another visit, so they're trying to get him uh, lined up to get back into Columbia uh, for a visit. He's been impressed with the Gamecocks recruiting and the folks they've been getting into the program. He went to junior days at Georgia Tech and Florida. He went to Clemson for a game in October, but not hearing from the Tigers now, so they seem to have moved on to others. He also went to games at Tennessee, Ole Miss, Vandy, Georgia Tech, Louisville, LSU, and his offer list also includes the likes of Notre Dame, Miami, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, LSU, Michigan, Michigan State, NC State, North Carolina, Colorado, Auburn, Kentucky, Pitt, Missouri, Ole Miss, and others. He's not announced a short list, but he said he talks the most with USC, Oklahoma, Penn State, Michigan, Florida, Auburn, Miami, and Tennessee. Those stand out the most right now, and that's important to him because it's about relationships to him and those are the ones he's building the strongest relationships with. He's a tight end, but he's a receiver in skills. 64 catches, 1,121 yards, 13 touchdowns last season. He averaged over 17 yards per catch. Greenville high coach Greg Porter tells us offensive guard Blake Franks is looking at February 20th for his commitment announcement. That's his mom's birthday. And Coach Porter believes that Franks has made his decision between USC and Clemson With Auburn a third option. So, a week from yesterday, looks like the day as it stands now for Blake Franks. West Florence safety Kelvin Hunter was offered by Auburn. USC's in the top nine with defensive end Booker Pickett, 6'4", 205, Tampa. He recorded 52 sacks the last two seasons. 52 sacks the last two seasons. I mean, that's just hard to do in press, not counting practice. Those are games. (laughs) Allegedly. Did
2: the other team have an offensive line? Good
1: I don't brief. know. The others on his list of nine: Southern Cal, Louisville, Tennessee, Penn State, Florida State, Miami, Georgia, and Ohio State. USC offered 2025 cornerback Shamari Earl, six-two-one-eighty of Chester, Virginia. Offensive tackle Jamil Allen of Buford, Georgia, who had an offer from USC, named a top five of NC State, Vanderbilt, Georgia Tech, Duke, and Virginia. Basketball, checking in on 6'4", K.J. Green of Blythewood and Pace Academy in Atlanta. He was named the Region Player of the Year, averaging 18 points, 8 rebounds per game. Except for a visit to USC in January, early January, because of his schedule, didn't get out for many visits January, February. Those will come after his season. He was at USC and Clemson during the football season. Both teams are remaining very active with him. He talks to uh, coaches from both programs a lot. He's also been talking a lot with the College of Charleston, Ole Miss, Georgetown, SMU, and Rice. He's building those relationships with the coaches right now. With South Carolina, it's the home feeling. It's the fact that Colin Murray Boyles, who is coming to South Carolina, and uh, Arden Conyers, those are close friends of his. That's an important uh, lure. But also, he really likes Clemson, the type of offense they run and the way they let the – point guard kind of take his shots in that offense. So Gamecocks and Tigers will definitely be in the hunt there. And we'll be back. It's been way, way, way too long since we've had that theme song here on Sports Talk. That means one thing and one thing only. The president of Darlington International Universal Worldwide Raceway. I gave it a new name. Kerry Tharp is with us as we begin the 2023 NASCAR season here on Sports Talk. KT, how are you?
10: Oh, I'm doing great it's uh, good to hear that song uh, play uh, and as you said uh, it's been way too long uh, to talk to you guys but uh, we're back racing in fact I'm on my way to Daytona right now I should be there within the hour and uh, excited about the start of this 2023 season uh, I think it's going to be uh, fantastic and the 75th anniversary in NASCAR and a uh, lot a lot of, lot of uh, anticipation and a lot to look forward to,
1: I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. What'd you think of the, the, the clash there at the Coliseum and everything? Uh, yeah. all the, all the action there, I mean, terrific finish, of course, such tight racing, right. such a small track, you're going to have a bunch of tight racing. What'd you think of the, uh, the little uh, exhibition there to get things rolling?
10: Well, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic venue, Phil, uh, you know, to be at the LA Memorial Coliseum and put on a nascar event uh is just something else uh so i think the venue uh almost outdoes the the, the racing itself uh, for nascar to be out there and be exposed to all the different fan base that's out there and being the heart of uh of uh, los angeles and and hollywood is is a is a, is a big deal and, and you know the racing uh it's a quarter mile track so there's going to be a lot of uh a, a, a lot of contact, and there certainly was. But, uh, you know, I was glad to see Martin Truex Jr. get back to victory lane. It had been, uh, been too long for him uh, since he'd won a race. And so, uh, all in all, I thought it was a great start to the season. But, you know, the season really starts this weekend at the World Center of Racing with the 65th running of the Daytona 500.
1: Absolutely. Uh, KT, did you think the cars sounded a little funny?
10: Well, I think they had mufflers on them, if I'm not mistaken. They had some type of muffler that they put on them mm. just for that race in Los Angeles because of the noise. There might be a noise ordinance out there where the uh, Coliseum is, and I think they may also put them on, Phil, when they go to Chicago for the street course race. Uh, so I think that's probably what you, what you heard, that they did sound a little, a little different than we're typical of, of listening to. Uh, but I don't think they're going to put the mufflers on except for those two races.
1: All right, so if, if I moved next door to Darlington, like in my older years, when that gets here in another 30 years, uh-huh. and I moved next door to Darlington, then I, <laughs> and I petitioned the mayor and the city council for uh, mufflers on the cars at Darlington, uh, how successful would I be?
10: Uh, you, you won't be successful at all. Uh, <laughs> we, we do not have a... We do not have a noise ordinance in Darlington, so, I mean, it's amazing. I know people, Phil and Chris, that live three, four miles from the racetrack, and they can hear the racing. Uh, In fact, when when we'll have a test there, for instance, if a team comes or Goodyear tests at the track sometime during the week, we'll get phone calls a lot of times from people, you know, we're across the county that say, hey, what's going on at the track? I can hear them racing. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we we, we, we we don't plan on ha- putting any mufflers on our cars at Darlington anytime soon.
1: Good news. Good news.
2: Man, and as loud as the new cars are, we live probably 15 miles as crow flies from Darlington Raceway. And on a clear night, you can actually hear the track. It's pretty impressive stuff. Gary Thar, mm. president of Darlington Raceway, with us here tonight on Sports Talk, getting ready for the 75th anniversary season of NASCAR in KT, going into the season, probably one of the huge storylines that everybody's going to be following is the retirement of Kevin Harvick at the end of this season. How big an impact has he right. had on the sport, and how big an absence will he, his uh, retirement be?
10: Well, Kevin is a is, uh, consummate champion. He, he'll be a first, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, won a lot of races. Uh, he's done a lot for the sport. Uh, he owned his own race team at one time, and uh, you know, I hope, I hope he goes out on top this year, uh, to be honest with you, Chris. I think he'll be a, a guy that you'll miss seeing in the garage. Now, he's going to be around the sport, obviously. I believe he announced he's going to be in the Fox broadcast booth next year. So, uh, And I think he'll add a lot to that with Clint Boyer and, and uh, Mike Joy. And, and, uh, but but Kevin will be missed. Uh, he's a He's a competitor. Uh, I can remember when he first got in the sport. Uh, he hadn't been racing too long when I first came to NASCAR. You know, he he had he had his moments back in, back in the day. You know, and, and uh, uh, you know, as far as you know, a very emotional and fiery competitor. Uh, I think I think as the years have passed along, and and he's had a couple of kids, and his one son is racing. I'm not saying that he's mellowed any, but I think that you know it's a different Kevin Harvick uh, than maybe. Uh, you know we saw 15 years ago but uh uh you know like i said he's a hall of famer and and uh, he'll be missed at the at the at the racetrack
2: has any professional athlete that ultimately went on to have a career similar to kevin's that ultimately ends in the hall of fame started his career in a worse scenario having to replace dale <laughs> earnhardt after he died and i can't imagine anybody no, handling no. that as well as kevin has as his career has gone along.
10: Uh, without a doubt uh chris and and you know that that is something that people fail to remember that he had to step into that car over at richard childress racing uh once we lost lost dale earnhardt senior and you know he's handled it extremely well uh got that early win i think at atlanta uh driving the 29 car and and uh you know, I, I was up at Richard Childress Racing here about three weeks ago. We went up and met with most of the race teams uh, the last week of, uh, of uh, January. and You know, although he's not with that organization anymore, uh, they have a lot of respect for Kevin Harvick. And uh, I know Richard Childress does as well. And so, you know, I, I just think he's one of those guys that, you know, came into the sport like you said in a very very difficult situation a lot of pressure on him i thought he handled it well and you know he's a guy that's kind of stood up and been kind of a uh, a spokesperson in the sport i know he was very very uh uh outspoken about uh, mandatory drug testing uh uh, for the sport back in uh you know when it first when, when nascar first started drug testing it i don't forget it, you know, listening to him talk to the media. He said, you know, we should be drug tested. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, probably the next year they, they did implement a drug testing program. And, and uh, But he's always been a guy that speaks his mind but does it in a, in a class way.
2: I think both Phil and I, and I'm sure you are as well, yeah. Kerry, looking forward to seeing how the Chicago Street were, uh, race is going to work this year. Story out yesterday that NASCAR is also possibly considering a New York City street race does the chicago one have to have any success for them to move forward in your mind or does it matter what happens in chicago because new york city would be so important and so valuable to nascar
7: yeah
10: well you know i I, I think it would be fantastic to do something like that in new york city uh you know we used to have a pretty big presence up there chris when we held our season ending banquet up there uh, for years and years and years and, and we don't have so much of a presence up there anymore and i know they even tried to build a racetrack up there back you know 20 years ago and it just didn't materialize uh so there's a obviously a huge population base up there uh i think heaven if you had a street race up in chicago or uh, excuse me in new york it, you know it would just be off the charts but i'd like to see how the one in chicago mm-hmm. yeah. plays out before they go you know uh, put another street street race somewhere, but I know I know that I, I believe the event in Chicago is going to be uh, revolutionary. I, I really think it's going to be exciting. I know I know people that you know they already have an office over there. NASCAR has had an office over there for about six months already, working on this event, and uh, you know they're going to pour everything they can have they that have into it. Uh, I'd like to see though the Chicago race and how it it plays
1: out before we uh, schedule another one. Yeah, visiting with KT, Kerry Tharp. I was in Chicago over the weekend, and, of course, you know, my son's an old southern redneck living up there, so he would tell you that they are excited as they can be. <laughs> they are. They're excited oh, yeah. as they can be. Uh, he works for a big corporation there right in downtown Chicago. In mm-hmm. fact, he's in the uh, second tallest sure. building in Chicago up on the 76th right. floor. And they are, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're fired up about it. And, you know, I've driven – uh, downtown Chicago on Michigan and out on Lakeshore Drive, and I guess they're going to encompass a lot of those streets that run right through downtown Chicago out by the lake. Why wouldn't you? Those are uh-huh. those are beautiful, beautiful roads, um, and I, it's going to be fascinating to see how they set this course up with the uh, with all the walls and the turns and the chicanes and everything else they, they put through there, I guess. that you, Or is that a little different? Since they're running a road course through a downtown city, is it is it different from like a road course you you would find at the Roval or up at uh, up you know, up in New York State? You know, uh, is that is it going to be different than those type courses?
10: I got to believe that it is. Now I've seen a, a virtual uh, a model uh, of the of the of the course, and it's it's unbelievable. Uh, I'll have to send that to you uh, if I can. not uh, for you guys to take a look at it, but it's, it goes right by Soldier Field. Uh, it's 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 yeah. I think it's going to be different Phil, than you, what you would see say at the Charlotte Roval. First of all, there's no banking uh, at, at this at this one. The Roval does have some banking because of the oval there at Charlotte. Uh, and for the most part, the, the 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 track that you see like at Sonoma or Watkins Glen does have some a good bit of elevation. I'm not sure how much elevation there, there's going to be in the Chicago uh, street race, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be one of a kind. Uh, nothing ever attempted like this before. And uh, if I'm your son, I would I would make sure I get in that tall building hmm. and get a good look at this race.
1: Oh, he's planning on buying the tickets. Great idea. He's, <laughs> he's going to be right there by the wall. You know. Um, awesome. yeah,
10: absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about uh, Darlington catch up with you on what's happened okay. since the Southern 500 you've had uh since uh, the first of September to now and then you've got about 75 days mm-hmm. to go until uh, the big race at yep. at Darlington uh, any major changes at the track um, as you look ahead to your May event
10: well probably the biggest thing we've done Phil is uh we've taken all the old seats out at Pearson which is the turn four grandstands uh these were old metal seats that had been in uh in the grandstand there for almost well over 40 years and uh those have been removed and they're currently in the process of finishing up putting in some nice stadium style seats with uh drink uh drink holders and uh armrests and uh i've been up there many many times to check on the progress and the seats are going to be fantastic it's going to be the same view that the people love seeing up there in that turn four at Pearson, uh, but a much more comfortable seat. So that's probably the biggest, biggest change that, that, that fans will see when they come to Darlington here this spring. But, man, a lot of excitement surrounding our throwback weekend. Uh, you have the throwback weekend coupled with the 75th anniversary of NASCAR, and it's, it's going to be one big event for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, sounds like it. Uh, you've got some events coming up. Uh, first of all, we do. You can. Folks can buy those seats, right? Those that you're taking out, they're yes. for sale. And then you've got a Drive on the Track event coming up?
10: Yeah, March the 4th, uh, we have our next uh, Track laps for charity. We're also having a garage sale that day, Phil. So if you want to bring over some stuff and you can set up a, a table there in the Cale Yarborough garage, we'll let you sell <laughs> your stuff uh, there at the garage. But uh, that'll be on March the 4th. And, uh, you know, people that are in the... Your listening area too, in, in the PD area. This uh, this Sunday at one o'clock, we'll have a a watch party, a Daytona Five Hundred watch party. will take place over at the Mellow Mushroom over there uh, in Florence, and so we'll always have a always look forward to having a good crowd for that. So, those are some of the events that we have coming up here in the in the short term.
1: Super. What about ticket sales? Uh, I know that uh, lines are open, internet's always open. Yes. Uh, how can folks go oh, ahead yeah. and get those tickets?
10: Well, probably the best way is just get online at uh, DarlingtonRaceway.com, and it'll take you right to the, the different ticket links that we have, different packages that we have. You know, it's a, it's a three-race weekend. Uh, Friday night will be the Truck Series, Saturday afternoon the Xfinity Series, and then Sunday afternoon uh, will be the Goodyear 400. So we've got some really attractive packages for fans that can come for all three races. Uh, we're going to have our throwback raid again on Saturday after the Xfinity race. Uh, we got some really cool things that are going to happen with the uh, top 75 greatest drivers of NASCAR uh, are going to be recognized at Darlington, and so it's going to be it's going to be a lot of lot of fun uh, uh, Mother's Day weekend. And like you said, it's going to get here before we uh, before we know it. Well,
1: we look forward to talking to you every Tuesday, getting your take on the previous weekend's race and what's uh coming up and of course everything is happening at Darlington have a safe weekend at Daytona we'll talk to you next Tuesday sounds good appreciate it guys thank you very much thanks Kerry all right KT Kerry Tharp with us here on Sports Talk going to jump right to the break and tell you that South Carolina's down 52-35 11.30 to go in the ball game and uh, Vandy has not taken quite as many threes They've only taken uh, three in the second half after taking 28 in the first half. So they've changed their offensive approach some. And South Carolina is uh, only shooting 34% for, uh, for the game. And uh, in the second half, the Gamecocks are shooting 46%, and they are down 52 35 And for those of you watching us on our stream, since I went to the effort kind of late, I got some highlights from last year's Daytona 500, the very end of it, running on our stream. So you can get in the mood for some NASCAR by watching that here for the next uh, couple of minutes. I figured you'd rather look at that than look at Chris and Pat and me. Uh, there's some wrecking going on right there at the very end of the race, as you might recall from last year. 54 uh, 39. Gamecocks have hit their last three shots, so they're down 15, 54 39. I don't think they've had the lead in this game at all tonight, it's have going they? To be
2: first bucket of the game. Okay. And they have trailed ever since. Yeah.
1: Uh, let's see who's doing what. Carter's got 11. Uh, Michi Johnson is playing. He got, he's got nine points for the Gamecocks. Hayden Brown's got eight. But uh, nobody else has more than three. G.G. Uh, G. Jackson's played 14 minutes. He's one for six. He's 0 for five. Hasn't gone to the line. He's got one rebound. He's got two points. What do you think? What, what do you think's going on
2: there? I, I'm not sure, Phil. I don't know if, if he's got no confidence in himself or the constant of, you know commentary on social media has gotten where Lamont Paris has no confidence in him. But he's certainly not playing to his capability, you wouldn't think. And you also have to remember, I mean, how much is he starting to wear down? This is not as big a physically imposing young man as he will be in two and three years. Maybe he is starting to actually wear down, hit that old, uh, what do they say, freshman wall about this time of the season, going up against men on the other side of the coin, especially uh, some of the guys he has to see in the SEC. Maybe it's just starting to wear him down. And the Gamecocks troubles mount even further because one young man who is built to play in the SEC, Josh Gray, just got his fourth. Mm. And instead of Gigi coming in to replace him, Bozeman for Doc comes in instead, so hmm. it's it's an interesting dynamic. I'll be curious if if that's about all the minutes he plays tonight. If somebody in the post game will ask Lamont Paris, hey, you know what's going on with him?
1: Well, he's just gone in. He just checked in as well, uh-huh. so he has gone back in. Uh, Gray, given the efforts on the boards, he's got ten rebounds, but only two points. I did have someone tell me a few weeks ago in the college basketball world, and talking about Gigi Jackson, that this person's opinion was. He would be surprised if Jackson made it through the season at South Carolina. Now, you wow. know what he was basing that on, what he was thinking, I don't know. But mm-hmm. this was somebody in the college basketball business, in the college basketball world. Not around here. Don't get me wrong. Not around here. Um, but this is what their opinion. Uh, and just knowing the dynamics of the situation, I guess, to some degree. Uh, Robbins has got 15 points for Vanderbilt. 15 points and 6 rebounds to lead Vandy. 56-39 as they're going to roll under nine minutes here uh, shortly over at the CLA. So, disappointing night for South Carolina on a night when coming off a win. uh, You would have expected – now, I'm not watching the game. uh, You would expect maximum effort. I'm not sure that the Gamecocks are, you know, giving uh, maximum effort based on what we're seeing. You've had your eye on it a
2: little bit more than I have. What do you think? I will give you one stat, too, and I think it will answer your question. They're being out-rebounded by 15 on their home floor. I mean, sooner or later, you just have to dig in and say, I'm going to get the basketball, and another team is not coming in here and embarrass us on our home court. I don't know what their deal is when they play at home, but they have been atrociously bad. They, they If I'm them and Lamont Paris, I petition the SEC, hey, let us play our final several games on the road. Hmm. <laughs> we play so uh, much better away from here.
1: Colin Taylor, who uh, covers the Gamecocks for Gamecock Central, tweeted out about uh, – how long ago was this? Um, 742. So this is, must have been during one of the timeouts. He said G.G. Um, G. Jackson just left the huddle during a timeout. Now, Collins sits along the – he has a, a floor-side seat, so he gets to see things over in the huddle area that the rest of the media does not get a chance to see. There's like three reporters that sit on the, on the the um, on the floor to cover the games. Everybody else sits up in the stands. So anyway, he's got a better angle, and – uh, GG Jackson just left the huddle during a timeout, just took his wrist tape off and isn't in the huddle, untucked his jersey too, and standing off to the side. Um, I also noticed too in the game at uh, at Ole Miss, uh, was it Ole Miss or was it Missouri? One of the games there, he came out and they it might have been was I listening on the radio? They, they said he, he sat on the bench, had his shoes untied. And um, sort of like he was checking himself out for the rest of the game. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I shared with you what I was uh, told a while back, <clears throat> but I didn't say anything about it at the time because I'm just going to wait and see how things uh, played out. But th- things have certainly be- it's become a rocky road for him, to say the
2: least at this point in time. No doubt, and uh, some of it he has brought on himself, and uh, I'm sure some of it is, Phil. It's a freshman who's used to winning and struggling on a bad basketball team and having a hard time to adjust to the college game, plus not to mention, I mean, when he signed with South Carolina, it was such a big deal that he turned down an opportunity to go to North Carolina to come to USC and play and try and get this first year for Lamont Paris off on the right foot, and uh, maybe he's just there's too much weight and too much pressure on him, and it's finally starting to wear him down. Yeah. And, you know, look, whoever's throwing
1: NIL money there at him, whether it's your personal money or your company money, I mean, do you consider this? Well, maybe maybe you don't care, and you do consider it money well spent. That's fine and dandy. But mm-hmm. are you getting – I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a consumer of athletic goods. And, you know, whether it's G.G. G. Jackson or Leah Boston or, or any of those folks like that, you know, the young – I'm not buying products – off the endorsement of teenagers, um, of, of kids. They're still kids. They're high school kids, okay? Um, now, you might say, what's the difference there? And if um, Tom Brady's endorsing something, you know, or Derek Jeter. Well, at least they're adults and they're, they're grown people. Um, and I, I give them a little bit more respect when it comes to the endorsement game than I do college kids, and teenagers. Now, maybe That's the fair. younger crowd, maybe the younger crowd looks at it, you know, mm-hmm. different. No doubt. But my crowd, me, speaking just for me, you're not moving me to buy your product by using some college kid to endorse it. I'm sorry. Uh Nigel Pearson's been named the new head football coach at Spring Valley High School. He's been in North Carolina for a while but used to coach in uh, South Carolina and he played, of course, at South Carolina State where he was all MEAC as a senior. That'll do it. Great night. See you tomorrow.